Hey, this is Nick Romolini. Welcome to another episode of The The Blank Blank Page. Autumn is in the air here in Los Angeles, mid-October. It's 95 fucking degrees outside. A bum just tried to reach through my fence and steal one of my kids' balls. My wife told me that guy just tried to steal the ball. So I walk out, you know, all tough, and I'm looking, and it's the one guy in the neighborhood that just starts screaming randomly. He's like the one guy that you definitely don't want to fuck with, you know? He's he's shirtless, shredded, looks like a Mortal Kombat character. He's got long hair. He's one of those guys where you walk out, you're looking all tough, and then all of a sudden you see him, and then you just kind of hope he leaves. He's like tatted and shit. It's insane. He has this fucking, he's got like a bellman's cart that's that he pushes around, I guess, in collecting his wares. I'm not trying to make light of the situation, but he did just try and steal some shit from my yard. Uh, and I have no recourse whatsoever. So, um, and I shouldn't have any recourse. Oh man. Yeah, it's, it's fucking hot. So got some really interesting feedback from the Italian episode. I'm going to read a comment. My favorite comment. Starting to get some engagement, which is pretty cool in this shit. My favorite comment on this one is, and this was on a YouTube short that I posted, a little segment of the podcast episode, from my friend Kelvin Frazier, who said, horrible face for videos, buddy. Do the podcast thing, but only the podcast thing with the camera off. I fucking love it. Thank you so much, Kelvin, for the feedback. Thanks to Eve, though, for responding in line and saying, there is nothing wrong with his face, lol. Big ups to Eve for defending me from Kelvin Frazier. Some other dude named Drew Martinez said, quote, poor take, me boy. Spelled M-I, like, um, like Espanol. And the quote's attributed to Mr. Krabs with a K. So I guess whoever Mr. Krabs is, he's Hispanic. Thanks, Drew. And then the midget menace simply commented with a question mark. He seems confused. This was particularly in response to the things I had to say about Super Mario, which I guess it was unpopularly received. Got a lot of thumbs ups, though. A lot of people were feeling that episode. So TikTok user Scoopity Poop 2 said, I love this take. I feel this deep. My low TF said, we are losing the battle. This was in response to my tirade about capitalism and homogeneity. Homogeneity? Homogeneity. Damn, I'm always fucking it up. Fucking up words! And then Isaac Williams Guerrero said, cry about it with a a laughing face with the tears coming out of the side of the eyes. So that's the, uh, that's this week's comment roundup. I'm going (laughs) to try and do this maybe every week or maybe every month, depending on how the, uh, how many comments there are and shit. Anyway, um, today I wanted to dig in a little bit more on what's been going on with me and my body for the last several years. But first... Today's episode is brought to you by Mark Maron's Annoying Voice. I'm just kidding. I, why would I say that? I, I like Mark Maron. I don't know why I would even say something like that. Today's episode is actually brought to you by 1-800-LAMPSHADES for all of, your, all of your lampshade needs. I'm just kidding. That was my, uh, that was my attempt at a joke. <laughs> Get 
Get fucking serious now. Okay, so, yeah, and before I jump in, just real quick, follow the show on your favorite podcast app, leave a rating, leave a review, subscribe, and you can follow me on Instagram at nromolini for more antics. It's N-R-O-M-O-L-I-N-I, consonant vowel, consonant vowel, consonant vowel, consonant vowel, and an N at the beginning for Nicholas. Tell your friends, tell your mother, tell your mother's friends. Tell everybody, tune in to the Blank Page Podcast. All right. So four years ago, I weighed 40 pounds more than I do now. I was obese. I lost a bunch of weight. And during that process of losing weight, I discovered that there was this bubbling, bulging sensation on the left side of my lower abdomen my upper pubis region on the left side of my body. I asked my friend, because I would drink a kombucha every day, and we would go for a walk. Marcel, you know what I'm talking about. And we would walk around Hollywood, and I would be like, yo, do you ever have like this like bulging feeling? Or like especially if you eat something fermented or kombucha, for example, do you have like a, a bulging feeling? No, nah, I've never felt anything like that. I mean, and you'd look down and you could see it like palpitating. You could see my skin actually like pop, 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 pop. I may have even shown it to him at some point. Like, look, 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 see it, see it, see it. <laughs> so I go to my doctor. This is back in 2018, right around November 2018. I go to my doctor. You have an inguinal hernia. Okay, what's that mean? It means your intestines are bulging through your abdomen. There's a tear in your abdomen. It could be genetic and it could have been exacerbated by some physical activity you've done, but you have a hole in your abdomen and your intestine is pushing through. Okay, what do I do? The only way to fix it is surgery. Okay. This doctor was the shit too. He, um... Dr. Hashimoto was his name. He knew about my anxiety. He was just like a super chill dude. You know, just had really good bedside manner. Like, he was like, you know, it's really not a big deal. It's a very routine surgery. He's like, it's not, you know, it's not the olden days where you'd just be like biting down on a wooden spoon while they cut you open. So, like, he, he put me at ease about it, which was helpful because I was like, I don't know, I never had surgery before. I don't want to get fucking surgery, you know, but he just made it seem super chill. So, so I put it off several months and in the spring i built this raised bed a raised garden bed and it was it was big it's made out of two by fours and other big ass planks of wood and i got underneath it and put it on my back and moved it in i think march of that next year and that just blew the fucker wide open i mean it wasn't like an emergency surgery situation but it required more attention than it did back in November when I discovered this little sort of inconvenience in my body. So I got surgery in May of 2019. That time I got open surgery, which means that they just cut you open right near the site and they sew in a mesh patch to cover the area of the abdomen that's not there anymore that's torn or whatever there's also the option of a laparoscopic repair in which they go through your belly button and put two small incisions in your abdomen and they go in with scopes and the mesh and repair it that way the butcher that i saw only did open repair he said that he believed in it more so that kind of sucked i survived it 
there's a fucking hilarious picture of me with the fentanyl drip post-op that uh, I will share so you can see it. Kids, don't do drugs, but Jesus Christ, fentanyl. In the hospital, of course. In the hospital only. That's only what I'm referring to. For real, not joking. My cousin died of a heroin overdose. Not fucking cool, man. Anyway, the recovery from the surgery took took a while, man. I mean, he said in six weeks you can fully resume everything. In a week you'll be up and walking around. Walk. Make sure you walk, because you gotta move this fucking thing. And in six weeks you can resume all your normal activities. You can go back to doing yoga. I had... In the process of losing that weight, I had developed a, a yoga routine every morning. I would do like 30 minutes and I was in really good shape, which is what made this fucking huge inconvenience that much more upsetting because I was like, this is the best shape I've ever been in my life. And now I have to fucking get surgery. We went back east that summer to visit my parents in Jersey and my wife's parents in uh, Rehoboth Beach. And by that point, I felt fully recovered. It was like two months later. I was in the ocean with my baby. I mean, he wasn't a baby then. Louis was four at that point. And um, it felt good. It felt like I had come out of the other side of it. So the rest of 2019, there was some pain here and there. But mostly it felt like I was just, I was recovering. I was just getting better. And I could resume everything, all my activities. Shout out to all my people out there who've had inguinal hernias and had surgeries and recovered from them. It's not fucking chill. It's not chill at all. Fast forward to the following summer, July of 2020. We all know what happened between then and then. Uh, my baby was born in May of 2020. Side note, I've always been prone to anxiety, panic, things like that. And at some point in late 2019, through, well, a long time after that, I started having these like severe panic attacks. Like, Fearing for my own life, heart attack, like what is this <laughs> type of situation? Jumping out of moving cars, crazy shit. And at some point in the process of the pandemic, Dr. Hashimoto left the practice. So when I called to make an appointment for an annual physical, they sent me up with Dr. Matsumoto. who was pretty chill. Older guy, very direct, very kind of matter of fact, just, you know. Not very much uh, levity, you know, just here's, here, here's, here's how medicine works. Here's how your body works type of thing. So at this point, I was really suffering from panic attacks pretty frequently, almost daily. If, if any of this seems obtuse, the reason why I'm getting into this is to explain why I'm writing a book, I guess. So I was having this pain at the site of the surgery, the original surgery, and I went and saw Dr. Matsumoto, and he was like, oh, that's pretty common, you know, with that type of surgery for a little while after while it's healing. He was like, when did you have the surgery? I was like, oh, it was uh, over a year ago, like 15 months ago, and he was like, 15 months ago? He like fucking exclaimed. He was like, that's not right. Something's wrong. Something's definitely wrong. And I was like, my guy... Like, we just talked about how fucked up my anxiety is. This is how you're going to respond to me about the fucking hernia situation? Like, what the fuck? So he was like, you got to go back and see the surgeon. Something's not right. You got to make sure something's not fucked up. Of course, my doctor didn't say the word fuck. So I go back in, and this dude, <laughs> Wesley the Butcher, he gets the fuck in there. I mean, he really palpates he gets under into fucking he's got to go under so he's got to go through 
under and he feels the front, you know? What I mean to say is this man was all up in my scrotum, feeling the fuck around, seeing what was up in there. And then he's just at eye level with my dick, feeling the area around to see if the mesh is still intact. Just to take away any guesswork here as far as what I'm getting at. And he's like, no, it's still intact. (laughs) After he worked me over nude, you know, nude at my waist level. And he's like, but while I'm down here, let me check something else. And he's like, I hate to tell you this, but you have one on the other side too. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. He's like, yeah, it's, it's pretty common that people with the weakness on the one side often have the weakness on the other side as well. He was like, it's not that bad. He's like, but you know, it does need to be repaired. So figure out a time to get it repaired. Fucking Wesley the Butcher. Bright ass white teeth. I'll never forget. Big, bright, white teeth. The teeth of a fucking surgeon encouraging you to get another surgery. Anyway, I left his office fucking furious. I was like, man, this guy couldn't even fucking do a good job on the one side. I still have all this nerve pain. Another thing he said, he was like, if you have persistent pain, you know, it could be the scar tissue. It could be something pressing on a nerve. If NSAIDs don't work, you could, we could give you an injection at the site to try and calm the nerve down. So I leave and like, I was really fucking upset. I was like, this guy, <laughs> this guy did the one side, I guess, successfully, but I have all this pain. And now he's telling me I have it on the other side. Like, fuck this guy. I'm getting a second opinion. So I found some other surgeon and I went and he gets all in there and he checks it out and he's like, yeah, he's like, you have one. He was like, it's small. He's like, I had one myself. He's an older guy, real Neil deGrasse Tyson looking motherfucker. He's like, I had one myself, probably fifties, maybe early sixties. He's like, I won myself. He's like, I waited 10 years. I actually just recently got it repaired. He's like, so however long you can live with it, like, that's fine. He's like, but At some point, it does need to be repaired because that the inguinal hernia, the groin hernia is the one that will not heal on its own. Abdominal will heal on its own. Inguinal will not heal on its own. So I leave and I cry, though, who knows what these tears were actually about? (laughs) Probably an amalgamation of many, many different things in July of fucking 2020. What I haven't really talked about yet is that I love singing. I love music. I really love singing. And I've been singing since I was a little kid, really, really little. And like when I was young, I used to croon. I used to fucking sing Sinatra songs. And as I got into my teenage years, I really got into like pushing my voice a lot. I would sing The Doors. I would sing The Strokes, The Walkmen. Those were like my favorite vocalists to imitate i guess you could say still to this day as a man approaching 40 i drive around with my music all the way up scream singing a lot like i often will play nirvana nevermind and just scream all the lyrics to lounge act because i love it i i mean i i just love singing i was i was once (laughs) i was once in a band in south philly in a basement for about seven practices and it seemed like we might play out but some unfortunate events transpired and the band dissipated before we ever played a show details in the book
And I've always just been scared to expose myself in that way. Um, even the language I use, expose myself, as opposed to like express myself, <laughs> fucked up. I would always get really drunk before our practices even. Like I would always get drunk before I, I sang in my 20s. So my grandfather, my mother's father, who I don't know if I've talked about on this podcast, but he lives out in Vegas. He's an opera singer. He used to sing at a, an Italian restaurant in, in South Philly as well. That was an, it was, he was a waiter who was also an opera singer. Victor Cafe, place is called. His autographed picture is still on the wall. Check it out if you're in Philly. Gino Ronaldo was his stage name. So early on in the pandemic, you know, I've recorded songs over the years. I've recorded songs since I was 17, 18. I have a trove of demos that nobody's ever heard. And at the beginning of the pandemic, I got back into it. Every couple years, I'll get back into it. I'll write and record six, ten songs in, you know, a month two months and then I'll stop put my guitar back down. But at the beginning of the pandemic, I was getting back into it at all this time. You know, my wife was going to sleep with the baby. You know, my oldest was asleep and I would just go record music. And there were a couple songs that I recorded where I was really pushing my voice. I went into the back room of the house, shut the doors. You can't really hear anything. And I was pushing it. And I really suspect that that's what fucking blew out the other hernia side. But so now, you know, I've, I've had this for, it's been over two years since it was like the first diagnosis of it. And um, I feel it when I sing and I can't really sing the way that I want to sing anymore and express myself in that way because it pushes out painfully. Um, Life's a motherfucker, really. I just felt compelled to rap some ASAP Rocky, but I'll save that for another podcast. <laughs> so the weekend after The Butcher, Wesley The Butcher, his name is Wesley. I won't say his last name for the sake of his anonymity. But the weekend after, and he was a fine surgeon. He did a good job. He was. A, he, it, it, my feelings are not because of this man. My feelings are because of the struggle and the pain that, you know, I, I was in and I've been in. We went away with my sister and her husband and their kids to uh, Palm Springs that weekend. It was still, you know, the time when you were like, I think we might have, we weren't wearing rubber gloves, but you know, it was like, it felt weird in a grocery store still kind of um, at that point. But like I was, you know, I was just trying to make the most of it, you know, but I, but I knew it was there. So when I was in the pool, I'd be feeling at it and shit. Anyway, I don't know what happened, but like the hernia was completely supplanted by my panic attacks for the rest of that year. And then a few months after that, I developed a chronic back problem that lasted for a really long time and like made me forget about the hernia in a lot of ways. Although I always wondered like how much are all these things related, you know, the book that I'm writing covers the period of the anxiety attacks through the chronic pain, basically. So I'm not going to get into a ton of that right now. But the pain eventually resolved. Is that giving away too much? Should I not be fucking sharing that if I'm going to write it in a book? I don't know. But the pain did eventually resolve. And, and then the hernia sort of presented itself again. And now it's to the point where, you know... 
it's just a fucking bulging intestine that I have to push back in all the time. And we had to like switch health insurances recently. So now I got to go to a fucking another doctor to get another referral to find another surgeon. And I'm just like, man, I just want to like keep pushing this fucking thing in until I can get it patched up and, um, and get back to singing the strokes like I'm a fucking 19-year-old child or or like I'm a middle-aged man reliving his glory days, which I guess is more accurate. I guess I'm going to leave this there for now. Next episode, I'm going to talk about the the fucking... <laughs> the litany of rejection letters that have come in, and I might even read one. And hopefully we have some some more good-ass comments to read next week or at least in a couple weeks from now. So I know this is kind of like this story that is kind of left open-ended, but um, but there's going to be more. So uh, I appreciate everybody who's been on this ride with me so far. And um, if you could do me a huge favor and follow the show, rate the show, leave a review. Reviews are really important on the podcast app or Spotify, whatever your podcast app is. Tell your friends, tell your mother, tell your mother's friends, tell them all about the Blank Page Podcast with Nick Romolini. Thanks again. I love you all. It means so much to me to have people to engage with in this way. And uh, I will see you next Tuesday. Peace.